You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He's Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And we say a fond farewell to our favorite Wookiee in episode 120 today, May 2nd, 2019. We have a insightful show planned for you today. Movie news includes Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 news, and Avengers. And our topic of the day is remembering Peter Mayhew, which you can fast forward to uh, if you look at the timestamps located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, just keep on listening. Steve! Yes, Russ. It is always a pleasure to see your little mug. Uh, don't lie to me, Russ. You know what's kind of funny is that looking over at you, you know, we have this big, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, it's not a spit guard. It's not, a, it's supposed to like <laughs> try and make our S's a little more softer, I suppose, that sort of thing. But, you know, with our faces being so close to them, it's almost as if like, I'm in like a Catholic church and you're the priest and I'm giving my uh, confession. Yes. Then the confessional, the, the black screen here, it almost kind of reminds me of a, like a window like that. Well, that's pretty far out, Russ. I would never have thought of that. Gamer confessionals. Mm. Hmm. Sounds like a good podcast name. My goodness. <laughs> Lots of scandalous goodness coming out of that little podcast. <laughs> So what have you been up to this week? Oh, gee willikers, Russ. I have been still watching 24. I'm almost done with it. They're getting close to 7 a.m. You're not on the the final season, though. No. Yeah. You're going to be watching 24 for a while. That's great news. Because I love it. You know, are you going to say hello to Kiefer Sutherland this weekend? I might drink some Kiefer milk. Kiefer milk. What is Kiefer milk? <laughs> it's like goat milk or something. It's like just called Kiefer. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> I saw it in the store. I, I've actually never drank it before. Mm-hmm. I just saw it in the store. I thought, ah, it's Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer milk. Okay. Uh, interesting. That's somebody's name mm-hmm. on a milk cart, literally, but they're not missing. Uh huh. <laughs> Anyhow, let's see. Uh, well, you didn't answer my question. Oh, what was your question? I forgot already. Russ. Are you going to swing by and oh. say hello to Mr. Sutherland? Um, ask him a little bit of, how's your father? Yeah, get a little autograph, <laughs> maybe a little selfie action, a you know? fist bump. <laughs> little elbow rubbing. <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't answered it, Steve. Gee whiz, Ross, I don't really know because the way I understand it from you, I'm going to be lugging around your crud Mm. while trying to not inhale all the other crud. You're going to be my mule. (laughs) Hi, Kiefer. I'm in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Excuse me while I donkey kick my brother out of the way to get noticed. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll get to more of that in a little bit, but anyway, okay, please Russ. continue. Oh, okay, thank you. Well, what's going on, Steve? Russ, I watched Miami Vice. Miami Vice? Yeah. Like the old version or no. the, the updated version that came out a few years back? Yeah. 
Why did you watch that? Because eh, Netflix streaming got it, and Netflix streaming rarely gets anything good. Who was it? Was it Jamie Foxx and... Uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the trailer for that. Yeah. How yep. was it? Um, It's not terrible. Okay. It's not terrible. It's not great. But as far <laughs> as, uh, you know, something you can stream for free on Netflix, yeah, go ahead, do it, watch it. It it's does seem watch. like it's a Netflix-appropriate movie. Yeah. Like, like I could see that. I, I would think probably I would not be as happy if I were to spend ten dollars at the theater, bucks, yeah, yeah, to go see it. But Netflix, <laughs> I, yeah, I could see that. If you spent fifteen on IMAX, bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it for free on Netflix, good choice. Yeah, might leave you with a little indigestion, <laughs> yeah. maybe a little bit of heartburn, yeah. a little buyer's remorse. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I'm not gonna say yes or no. Yeah. Probably not going to go out and buy it, but yeah. I was, was it fun? entertained. Okay. I was entertained. That's good. Yeah. Miami Vice as a TV show was very popular back in its heyday. Mm-hmm. And it did look as though like there was some, some buddy fun to have to be had. Yeah. I kind of wish it was a bit longer. Maybe they might make a second one. Doubtful. Very doubtful. Mm-hmm. They're not probably not going to. Uh huh. But I figured, uh, they, they, yeah, I don't know. I kind of wanted to be a little longer, but anyway, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then I, um, so I went to the store because I had to buy. Another. You went to the store. It happens. The dollar store. <laughs> yes. You know what? That'd be cool if you can go to the dollar store. And be like, yeah, I need an Xbox uh, gift card. You guys sell gift cards for a dollar? <laughs> yeah, we do. Awesome. <laughs> That wouldn't be the case, though, Russ. They're not going to have that. But I did go to the store mm-hmm. because my Xbox Live membership ran out. And I just ah. don't like putting my credit card on Xbox. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that, you know? You've never done that? Uh, or have you done it? I've done that, like, in the past, but my credit cards, uh, you know, ended since then, so I haven't put the new credit card on there. You don't have any credit cards? No, I put my credit card on Xbox way back when yeah and then that credit card expired and i never put any new credit card back on the xbox oh i see oh, I, it, right. the way you said it it made me think that you no longer had any kind of credit cards which i'm like wow. actually actually i i i don't i have a debit card with the visa logo but the visa does it's not like a separate uh, visa yeah that's a debit card that's a debit card but you can use it as credit just so you know right but it comes right out of your account anyway but so, you don't have a dedicated credit card. I do not. So actually, yeah. Nah, there, there you, you go. go. Yeah. So actually, that is correct. <laughs> so, yeah. You heard me right, and you heard me wrong. <laughs> I misheard you the right way. <laughs> yeah, so Wait, no, what? but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so confused. <laughs> anyhow. But gleefully so. <laughs> so I bought, I, I thought I had bought a new year's worth of Oreos. Not, no, Oh, not sponsored by Oreos. No, I haven't, I haven't eaten an Oreo in a while. Not sponsored by Visa either. That's surprising that you haven't had an Oreo in a while. I haven't had an Oreo in a while. You have historically been known as the Oreo boy. Yeah, you know, but my metabolism was slowing down. Russ, I had to make some life changes. How many cookies did you shove into that cup? I don't know, about 14. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of lost count just as long as the cup was full. Anyhow. Do you care to oh, uh, describe to our audience what you used to do, Steve? So I took a tall glass, 
shoved it full of Oreos. I mean, to the almost to the brim. And then I poured milk in it, let it sit for about a minute till the Oreos got all soggy. Mm-hmm. And I took a big spoon, crushed all the soggy Oreos, so they all fell down at the bottom. So I had this big Oreo soggy milky slush <laughs> all the way at the bottom. Then I drank the Oreo milk, and then I ate the Oreo slop on the bottom. And it was actually pretty tasty. It probably sounds kind of gross, but it was really tasty. It was kind of like your little place of zen. Mm, it was. Can't do that anymore, Russ. Mm. And it's different than melted Oreo cookies and cream ice cream kind of thing. Yuck. No, it's um, melted, Russ. Are you kidding me? No. Well, I'm trying to think of like no, no. something that is close to like what it is that you concocted. I mean, I guess that would be the closest thing. But it, 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 it's not that close. No. Oh. Mm-hmm. I see. Let's see. Well, partially because the ice cream has a bunch more sugar in it, so it's way more sweet. The, the milk, the regular milk that you pour in, the Oreos cut the sweetness a bit. So it's almost as if you helped the, the digestive process. Right. Before it even entered your stomach. Yes. It's kind of like what it would look like if you were to eat uh, 14 cookies and then... Swig a whole thing of milk. Probably. Mm. Yes. Yes. So back to the story. I went to the store and I bought a Xbox Live card and I thought it was a year's worth. I brought it home. I entered the code and it says, congratulations. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I pause. Pause. I go on Xbox Live, and I after I had already spent a hundred bucks on the year, it said, hey, we got a hundred bucks. Yeah. I thought it was $60. I was getting... Okay. Uh, apparently, I have not heard this story, and I am getting ahead of you. You're right. Go you ahead. haven't heard this story. That's why I'm telling it to you. Well, I, I'm just saying. I just As someone who has not heard the story, I, I was compelled to make sure that I heard you correctly because I am not used to spending $100 a year for the Xbox Live. Continue, Steve. Compelling to cut me off. Uh, so, I go on Xbox Live, and it says, Hey! Get a year's worth of Xbox Live for fifty nine ninety nine. I was like, "What? I just spent a hundred bucks at the store." Well, so I'm like begrudgingly, "Well, I already spent it and I already got scratched off the code, so I can't return it." So I thought, "Well, I'll just throw it in there, whatever." So I put it in, and it says, "Here's a hundred dollars credit for your Xbox." And I went, "What? What did?" So I had misread the thing. I said it was it was actually. A, a Xbox Live gift card for a hundred dollars that I put in my oh, Xbox. Oh, gotcha. So I then I have a hundred dollars credit in my Xbox, and then I went, oh, so I could just use this to put for my Xbox Live account. And they went, yep. And I went, great. So, so, now, so now you have forty bucks left over. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, you can either save it for next year or buy a game. Most likely, I'll just save it, Russ. Well, there you go. So I thought that was kind of fun. Indeed. What else is going on with you, Steve? Well, let me see here, Russ. I'm continuing watching Narcos, Mexico, uh-huh. Mexico. So that's actually pretty good. It's uh, it's taking a little bit of time to pick up a bit, but it's not bad. I kept watching The Punisher just because I it's on my list, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of just want to finish it, but I... I you haven't been too yeah. impressed with that. No. Yeah, I think I fell asleep, actually, and I woke up, and it was, like, credits. I, like, played some loud song or something. Like, yeah, hey, I gotta go to bed. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, that's about all that's new with me. 
That's all what's new with you. Well, have I talked to you about Rage 2? No. Okay. So id Software, uh, as you may know, they came out with a game called Rage a few years back. I know. Yes. Okay. Yes. I never played that game. Did you play that game? No. I never played it. I, it didn't look like something that necessarily was that appealing to me. Mm. And then I knew that they were making a sequel. And so at the same time I was keeping tabs on, I was like, okay. And it still didn't really um, you know, pique my interest. Up until about a couple of weeks ago, they've started to really put out more um, just kind of promotions and interviews with uh, the folks who've been working on the game and that sort of thing. And so they've been giving more of an in-depth look and they've done um, a substantial redesign to some of the, the aspects to the game. I'm finding it pretty cool looking now. Well, okay. And I'm not sure what the release date is. I forgot to make a note of that, mm. but I think it's coming out here pretty soon. It's got to be in the summertime. Got to be. Uh, but in terms of the just the, the the visual presentation of the game, it's it's really cool looking. I, I dig a lot of the the color palettes that they're using. Um, the vehicle combat, if you recall, in the first Rage game, that that was actually one of the highlights of the game was that you actually had almost a twisted metal esque kind of setup where you'd be kind of blasting along these like post-apocalyptic dunes and you'd be doing your thing. But the problem was that it felt kind of almost as a separate game to the first person shooter component. Okay. So uh, apparently they're, they're taking strides to try and get those to be feel a bit more organic and seamless. Like they belong together. And so I just, you know, I, I wanted to let you know that, that that might be a game I'm going to pick up and play for a bit. Weren't you supposed to get days gone? Yes. So Days Gone was a game that I was definitely looking forward to for the PS4. And um, I'm kind of shying away from the game now because it hasn't gotten good reviews. And um, even Shawnee, uh, he bought the game. He was playing it and um, he was disappointed by it as well. He said that um, it just ended up be kind of being repetitive and boring and that sort of thing. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I think... If for nothing else, well, I will wait until perhaps the they'll have um, a sale, and then purchase it that way, and then and then check it out. Because I, I mean, I still really want to see what it's like. I mean, it, it definitely was a game that I, I thought well, I was gonna really enjoy quite a bit, and I haven't given up on it entirely. So, I th but I think that's gonna be kind of my my plan moving forward with that game, Steve. Mm -hmm. Okay, we played Anthem on Wednesday this week as part of our Twitch dealio. We were going to try and play Sea of Thieves because they have some sort of huge anniversary update that they launched. But for some reason, I couldn't get into the game. It was the most pe peculiar thing. But every time I would load in, I'd, we'd get like kind of the splash screen and then my screen would just go dark. And then there'd be kind of this weird flickering thing that was going on. I tried power cycling the Xbox and I attempted to get in there about four times, just never happened but you were able to get in no problem did you have to wait for any kind of update or did it already update like overnight mm, yep already updated yeah you were good to go we're gonna have to try that again because i've been hearing some good stuff about it well have you what what, what what have you heard rose i've heard that they have started to put in some more adventure aspects to it there there, there are elements of like um almost like Indiana Jones-esque puzzles that you're trying to solve in order to get treasures, and then you're running into more characters that have um, spoken dialogue. 
I don't remember <laughs> all of the um, the different things about it, but from what I was reading, they were saying that it really does make Sea of Thieves more of, of a complete experience. Um, mm. Certain things that a lot of people have been like talking about, like I wish they had this, or why don't they have that? And now apparently they they mm. have quite a bit of that in there, and it starts <laughs> to feel like a game that people will probably be returning to and enjoying here uh, for the foreseeable horizon a year later and half the cost you get a full game <laughs> exactly yeah so but I, i'm curious and I, I saw some footage of it too you can check it out online they've got some, can you you can amazingly so man there's this thing called the internet interwebs it's amazing so i also went and saw in game for a second time i saw you did mm-hmm but you were not there. No, no, wasn't. I'm ahead of you now, Steve. <laughs> seen it twice. My thing is, is I would the third for the third time. I want to see it on IMAX, and we've been good um, to watch it on the on the screen that's actually pretty big already. But definitely want that IMAX experience, especially finding out that everything was shot on IMAX. Right, film. right. Just have to get your home version of IMAX. How would you like to join me on that, Steve? Well, I guess it's depending on the day, Russ. Well, you know, I'm here to make make it happen, Steve. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Do you, do you have an interest in seeing it with uh, with me again? I do. I think I have an interest in helping you work on El Studio. Also, mm-hmm. indeed. Yeah, we're gonna have to keep going on this. Uh, we won't be able to do it really this weekend, just because the Dallas Comic Con is fast approaching. And we are going to be attending on Saturday. Just as long as it doesn't interrupt my gym time, Russ. You and your gym time. You are so <laughs> high maintenance. <laughs> but yeah, the plan is, so So just so everyone is aware, um, this year they have quite a few really cool celebrities who are going to be there. Um, I think that's one of the, the byproducts of just as these comic book movies continue to get gain in popularity and the masses just really are digging it more and more. You really, I think are witnessing what has originated at San Diego comic-con just expand globally to the point where you're having all these other comic-cons um, really become just a, a lucrative, rewarding place. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like, like, oh, we can go here and we can, we can buy comic books or trade comics or whatever. And you'd have like maybe like uh, a few people who are kind of sort of known, that sort of thing. But like to give you an idea, this weekend, for instance, um, you have the entire Back to the Future cast that's going to be there with, uh, let's see, we have Michael J. Fox and you have uh, Leah Thompson. Um, I was about to say, and her um, stepsister, Taya Thompson. <laughs> Taya Thompson. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Lloyd's going to be there. Right. Um, you're going to have, oh, Strickland. I can't remember his, his yeah. real name. Right. Um, but you probably don't know it either. Something Tolkien, I want to say, but um, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, Strickland's going to be there, and Biff is going to be there as well. Tannen! <laughs> So, I mean, that's just one thing. Jim Lee's going to be there. That's someone who I um, have already gotten a, a reservation for. So I'm going to be able to get him to autograph a few items of mine that I've collected of his over the years. I'm going to be able to get a selfie with the man. Don't forget, Russ. Yes. Autobots. 
roll out. Well, I'm getting to that. Steve. Ah, you're taking too long. No, I'm not. Steve, how can I possibly take too long when I'm talking about Jim Lee? Hmm? Hmm? That's what I thought. The last thing is that um, I also will be able to go to this. I don't know if it's a Q&A panel or if it's a demo panel, but basically Jim Lee is going to be up there doing his thing and I'm going to be super happy to be there. Now, what Steve was alluding to was that Peter Collins and Frank Welkin are going to be uh, at this particular Comic-Con of course, for those who don't know who they are, Peter is the voice of Optimus Prime. I just did. Mm-hmm. How was my impression? Uh, it was not bad. Not bad. Thank you. Uh, and Frank, who is the voice of Megatron. Hmm. But I can't do Megatron. <laughs> don't ask me to do Megatron. <laughs> so I'm um, definitely super pumped about that because um, I bought a package that will allow me to get them to sign two different items. And that's where you come in. Yay. So um, I have two statues. They're third scale uh, from Prime One Studio. One is an Optimus Prime statue, of course. And as you could probably guess, the other one is Megatron. So the idea is, is that I'm going to be taking just the base of both statues to the con and have them autograph the bottom portion of that. And since my uh, little stocky buff brother over here... Uh, is available. He's going to help kind of carry these things through the sea of bodies known as Comic-Con and uh, get them to sign it. I got uh, some artwork that I'd like them to sign as well. Be able to get a selfie with the two gentlemen. And they have a Q&A panel of that as well, which is always a treat when you are watching voice actors because they always will inevitably bust out with like, bunch of, of uh, different voices that they've done. Have I told you that Frank also did the voice of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget? Yes, you told me that. Okay. Yeah. He has a huge pedigree of voices. Uh, generally, those uh, those type of folks do. Zachary Levi is going to be there as well from, of course, uh, <laughs> Um, I'm also very excited about Tara Strong, who's going to be there. Tara Strong is the voice of Harley Quinn. So she's the one who's who um, she did Harley Quinn's voice for um, Arkham City and Arkham Knight video games. She's also done um, a lot of the more recent movies. And what's interesting is that there have been a number of ladies who have voiced Harley Quinn over the years. She's the most recent one, but I mean, her voice is just fantastic. So I'm I'm also going to take my Harley Quinn statue base and uh, get her to sign that as well. Pretty excited about that, Steve. Just adding up the pounds, adding up the weight. Hey, you know what? You said you want to work out. This is a good way to work out. This is not working out. This is just lugging around weight. (laughs) Like a ball and chain. How is that not working out? It's an endurance run. No, it's standing with extra weight (laughs) attached to you. Well, okay, so Jeez. you you do remember that I bought that cool little uh, I don't even know oh, what hand cart hand cart yeah. yeah so that way you're not actually like like holding the weight I'm on your gonna body. I'm not going to wheel around a hand cart and like possibly trip over. You're not going to trip no, over no, no, anybody. I'm not going to have people trip over that with as packed as it's going to be. It's going to be on my back. I have bungee cords. It's not going to go anywhere. Don't you worry, Steve. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I hate it. <sighs> I can't wait. But anyway. Tons of other folks. Um, if you're interested in seeing who's going to be there, I would suggest you guys go to fanexpodallas.com. They have everybody listed there, all kinds of folks from anime to the gaming world to movies, 
you name it. I mean, it's it's really becoming, uh, man, quite the the place to be if you can't make it to SDCC. Charlie Hunnam was another one who I was excited about. He's from uh, Sons of Anarchy. He was also in Pacific Rim. Apparently, this is actually a funny thing. Him and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but he was in Sons of Anarchy with him. They're going to host like a, a yoga class, <laughs> which I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be filled with 99.9% women in the whole thing. They're going to have a blasty blast with that. Women like that show? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. 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 Oh. All the ladies love themselves some Charlie. Let me tell you. Okay. So let's segue into some movie news. First, kicking off Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 to reportedly shoot in 2020. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is due to start filming in 2020. The publication's sources claim that five actors... Presumably Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, and Bradley Cooper are set to reunite for a 2020 shoot. No way. All of them? All of them. Well, I mean, they had some some controversy there, like when James Gunn was actually booted from the franchise. I know. Yeah. James Gunn returns in the director's chair for the film, which means he'll wrap up Suicide Squad and begin Guardians of the Galaxy just a few months later. Marvel Studios has yet to officially announce its place in the MCU phase structure, and so there is no official release date so far. But I'm looking forward to it, Steve. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think this month uh, marks the one-year anniversary that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dose came out, if I'm not mistaken. You might not be mistaken, Steve. i have to watch that again. The Russos have no plans for more Marvel movies after Avengers Endgame. In an interview with Games Radar, Anthony Russo said the latest Avengers installment was the last Marvel movie for the directing duo. Quote, it's our Endgame, at least for now, end quote, Anthony Russo told Games Radar. Another quote is, we don't have any plans for now to make any more Marvel movies, end quote. Which... You know, when I think about it, it's like they've already made Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. I mean, like, how do you top that? How do you possibly top what you've done for Marvel? Hey, I'm sure if there's money flowing at them, I mean, what else? Like, well, they're going to direct other movies, but I mean, if they're already successful with, with, with this and they get thrown more money, why would they say no? I don't know. Like, I think the the more, like, ambitious, creative side, it's like, how can you make it any possibly better than where you have it? it you know, when you keep raising the benchmark, it gets more and more challenging to yeah. make sure that the, the audience stays satisfied. And I just, especially with the Infinity War saga, like, it, I mean, who knows? I, and, you know, I'm conflicted, too, just because... I would love for them to come back and make more Marvel movies, but at the same time, based on what I just said, I'm kind of like, ah, maybe we should just kind of leave it as is and let some other directors come in and execute some of their visions because I just don't want to see them get burned out. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. 
In other Avengers news, in-game Rotten Tomatoes score has been revealed. Marvel's newest big-budget adventure, Avengers Endgame, received a certified fresh tomato meter score of 96%, which, technically speaking, the score has dropped from 97% to 96%, leaving Black Panther as Rotten Tomatoes' highest-scored, best-reviewed MCU movie. Congratulations to Black Panther. <laughs> now, for this next segment, I have to uh, fade out the music because it's the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. Have you seen this, Steve? Russ, I posted it to Facebook like two or three days ago. Excellent. I'm proud of you, Steve. I'm glad you're on top of these things. It's great. Well... We haven't really talked about it a whole lot now, have we? We haven't talked at all. What do you mean we haven't talked at all? Well, we were twitching. Yeah, I was going to say, we just talked uh, last night. Craziness. Anyway, there has been um, a trailer that was dropped earlier this week of Sonic the Hedgehog. Let's just watch it real quick, and then we can talk about it afterwards. Oh, joy. (laughs) This is going to be great, I can tell. Joy Unbounded. energy surge knocked out power across the entire Pacific Northwest. This needs someone who can figure out exactly what we're dealing with. You're not suggesting who I think you're suggesting. We have no choice. What the? Are you in charge here? Yes, I am. Nope! I'm wrong. I'm in charge. Allow me to clarify. In a sequentially ranked hierarchy based on level of critical importance, the disparity between us is too vast to quantify. Agent Stone? The doctor thinks you're basic. Listen, pal, I don't know if you realize who- I'm sorry, Major, what was your name? Benny- Nobody cares! SFPD! Uh, meow? Ah, come on. Okay, pal, I want answers. Basically, it looks like I'm gonna have to save your planet. No, but thank you for asking. Uh-oh. Whatever this creature is, our job is to secure it, neutralize it, see what makes it tick. Look at this. I took nine million steps today. longer. I can't breathe in here. Do you have your child in that bag? No. I mean, yes, it's a child, but it's not mine. It's not your child. 
Smells like body spray in an old ham sandwich. So, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, official trailer. Man. <clears throat> Ace Ventura meets Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, there are a lot of problems with this trailer. First and foremost, um, I, I mean, I've said this in, in previous episodes. I, traditionally speaking, am a, just a huge Sonic fan. Sonic the Hedgehog for the Genesis uh, is one of my all-time favorite games. Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Adventure. There's there's actually quite a few Sonics that are out there, but um, it's just, it, it, it makes my heart hurt, Steve, to see something that is not representative representative of what it was that I fell in love with initially. I almost, when I put that on Facebook, I almost thought this is for you, Russ. I was gonna, I was gonna call you out. And I thought, yeah, our Facebook is like one, you know, it's like the both of us. I won't call you out. Well, and see, the thing is, <laughs> I actually had other friends call me out. Like other friends were texting the trailer to me just because they know it's horrible and they know I'm a huge fan of the franchise. So, yeah. For me to critique this first, oh, oh man, I don't even know where to start. Okay, let's start with the music. That music selection was horrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, I mean, the song is good. No, no. Oh, yeah. The song is great. Doesn't by, by itself, fit, though. Exactly. I mean, like, like when you... The, the song they chose for Sonic the Hedgehog was Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> if you've ever played any Sonic the Hedgehog game, all the music you hear is, like, delightful and house music and, like... Uppity. Electronica. Like, I mean, there is no rap music through a Sonic the Hedgehog game at all. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm floored that they decided to choose that song. It didn't match at all. Secondly, Sonic himself, what happened? <laughs> it looks like it's a person in a suit that you would see at like Six Flags or something. Like, it just, it looks horrible. Like, the proportions are like totally off. It looks like uh, the movie Ted like they're the CG of Ted, like the little teddy bear, but the teddy bear is, is uh, it's not like the hedgehog. That's actually, yeah, that, you know, so I, I um, found this tweet that Edward Pun had put out. Edward works for um, a different gaming studio, but he saw the trailer and in his spare time actually whipped up a, like a, a, a version that he has. So, it says here, it says, left is the original screenshot from the trailer, and the right side is my rework to make Sonic more stylized. Look at that. Yeah. Good grief. It's amazing, like, how his version, I mean, that that fixes a lot of wrong in that trailer right there. Like, that's a great starting point. Yeah, imagine, I, I can't imagine that uh, Sega would put their name on it in the beginning. Right? I'm like, you guys. That's the thing, is like... I'm, I'm just, I'm, I cannot understand how they would okay some of these creative decisions. So like, I mean, I mean, look at that, like, like Sonic on the right side. It's like, okay, that, that is Sonic to me. Not the thing that's on the left. <laughs> oh man. Sonic needs to go back to leg day. It's just weird. Well, I mean, characteristically <laughs> speaking, he's always had, you know, just a thin legs. Right, right, right. And what's crazy is that even before this trailer came out, they had like these teaser posters that they released. 
he used to have muscular legs. They actually put muscles on his legs and people were like, what the heck is that? So it was crazy because like when you watch a trailer, they, uh, you know, slim, like, uh, well, know, thinned his legs back out again, but not enough. And just, jeez, <laughs> ah, oh, so bad. Now with Jim Carrey, you know, the crazy thing is, is that the very last scene that you see him where he's bald and he has the Dr. Robot Nick uh, mustache. mustache. Yeah. He looks just like Dr. Robot Nick. Like I actually do believe that he could probably make for like uh, a, an amusing take on the character itself. I think the character that we saw early on with like the, like the handlebar mustache and stuff, that's a little weird. Like I'm not sure what that's about. And furthermore too, is that Sonic the Hedgehog classically speaking, you know, he, he exists in more of like a fantasy world. You know, you, you don't, you don't have him necessarily in this, the real world. And I know that there are certain games that had come out where they started to, to go that direction, which I thought was kind of worrisome because it's like, why, why is there an obsession with trying to, to force Sonic into the real world as opposed to just keeping him in this really neat stylized fantasy world? I'm not sure what that's all about, but, um, Anyway, what's now the story, however, Steve has a new twist. <laughs> so apparently the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to fix the Sonic design after the fan outcry, says director. This, this literally just got posted today. But it says, in a surprise move, director Jeff Fowler took to Twitter to respond to fan criticism of the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie design, which came fast and hard after the new trailer was released earlier this week. And uh, so the, his tweet is, thank you for the support and the criticism, Fowler tweeted. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. And he put hashtag Sonic movie, hashtag gotta fix fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... <sighs> And like, like I said, both the, the initial reveal of the Sonic silhouette um, before the, the trailer and stuff had mixed to negative feedback from fans as well. Um, it's unclear what the fixes will be and just how deep a redesign will go. But regardless, this is a rather unprecedented move for a studio to change design of, of Sonic this late in the game, especially we're looking at it. I mean, they're, they're probably not done with all the special effects considering I think the, what is it? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to come into theaters on November 8th. So there is some time on it. But um, what do you think about that, Steve? Well, at least he's paying attention. I mean, kudos to him, I right. will say, for acting on like the criticism. Because honestly, I don't think anybody would go see the movie. Well, I mean, there's been plenty of movies that are coming out that, uh, that fans are going, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. You're not getting it right. And I mean, I think the, the first one that comes to my mind is the Witcher series. Right. Because fans are going, wait, wait, Siri is supposed to be a different character. Triss is supposed to be a different character. What are you doing? Wait, I, they're calling all these characters out and the writers are just going for like, okay, we're just going to make it the way we're going to make it. I'm like, wait a second. We've been following the series of books. We've been playing the game repeatedly throughout. Like, don't mess this up. Um, so at least he is doing something about it. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's good on him. It's yeah, it's it's good on him. I hope that he has seen that that one. Um, I'm sure he has. He had to have like the 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 reworking from um, the the Twitter page I was showing you. 
it, I, I think if uh, at the time when I saw it, it had already received 255,000 likes <laughs> and that was earlier today. So I'm pretty sure that number has gotten a whole lot bigger, but I mean, the teeth on Sonic is just so disturbing too. Like everything about that was just wrong. And quite honestly, like I would be open to the idea if they were to have the world be in that more of a fantasy green Hill zone kind of world with Jim Carrey living in that, because Jim Carrey is so animated already. He's basically like a, a real life cartoon character. I mean, he could really, I think thrive in an environment like that. But I think when it's in the real world, and I think they're, they're kind of alluding to that in the trailer where like, I guess earth is under attack or something and Sonic's trying to protect it, which <laughs> again, I'm like, why would you deviate from the original story of the chaos emeralds? I mean, yeah. just, just stay in the fantasy world where Sonic comes from, where Dr. Robotnik is trying to collect all the chaos emeralds and then just have a field day with that. Like the, the canon is already there. It's already created. All right, it's time for the topic of the day. Our topic of the day is remembering Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew, um, who became known to fans worldwide as the lovable Wookiee Chewbacca in the Star Wars galaxy of films has unfortunately passed away. And uh, he was 74 years old. Um, before we continue this segment, out of respect for Peter and his family, as well as the lasting impact he will always be treasured for, we are going to have a moment of silence. So according to the Hollywood reporter, the actor died Tuesday in his North Texas home with his family by his side. Uh, his official Twitter account shared the news Thursday, uh, which of course is today. Mayhew had undergone um, spinal surgery that um, in July in an effort to improve his mobility, but I don't think that that is what the cause of death was. I think that um, it's rumored that he had some heart trouble and, um, you know, what's interesting, um, perhaps it's coincidence, but this morning I put on a Star Wars shirt, as you can see. Um, I did not put this on before we started the show. And, uh, and of course, it was before finding out later this afternoon about Peter Mayhew passing away. And it's just kind of weird, like, just how I have this shirt on and this, this um, sad news comes out. I, I just, I don't know. It's, it's in a weird roundabout way, it's just kind of like, man, like it's, it just kind of enhances the, the, the remembrance of him. But, um, the, you know, I didn't know this. Did you know that he's from London? Yes, it did. I was not aware the London native. Uh, he played Chewbacca in star Wars in 1977, the empire strikes back in 1980 
Return of the Jedi in 1983, Revenge of the Sith in 2005, and The Force Awakens in 2015. Peter was uh, apparently working as a hospital orderly when he tried out uh, for the part of Chewbacca. <laughs> I don't know how those two parts came together, but... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He, he got the role based on his physique as George Lucas was in desperate need of someone who would be able to play, um, you know, someone taller than Darth Vader. Um, and in his prime, Peter Mayhew was seven foot three. It's a big boy right there. Yeah. Um, now what's interesting is I was kind of scrubbing through YouTube and seeing different kind of interviews that were recorded um, and I just wanted to play this, this little clip of him talking about his, the moment that he met George. On one of the sofas, waiting for George. Door opened and George walked in with Gary behind him. So naturally, what did I do? I'm raised in England. As soon as someone comes in through the door, I stand up. Not a boy. George goes, hmm. Virtually turned to Gary and said, I think we found him. Fun. And Chewie transformed me. I transformed. The attitude was different. The walk was different. Chewie turned on. Do the scenes. Come back. Take the mask off. Peter was back. So anyway, um... Just a, a great, just short little clip there, just describing um, his moment of meeting George, as well as as just how when he got into the the costume and and the mask went on, how um, he was just all of a sudden Chewbacca, and how the mask would come back off, and then he was back to being Peter again. So, um, some other interesting trivia about this is that is that George Lucas, um, of course, I, I mentioned earlier, he wanted a tall actor to play Chewbacca. But get this, initially he considered David Prowse, who's six foot six inches tall. Nah, for not the tall role. enough. Not tall enough, Russ. Do you recognize that name? No. Prowse instead wanted to play Darth Vader. So <laughs> Lucas then turned to Mayhew, who at seven feet uh, three inches was chosen purely for his height. Isn't that crazy? Like Chewbacca could have been played by Darth Vader. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> This is really just, I don't know, it's, it's amazing how these things come together. But um, after wrapping the first Star Wars, he went back to work as an orderly and did not leave the job for good until the release of uh, Return of the Jedi, after which he made a living off of Chewbacca, becoming a favorite on the fan convention circuit. And as you and I know, I mean, he goes or he went to all kinds of conventions. I mean, he could be seen at just about every single one and he was just super accessible and nice warm-hearted well he was he also tweeted about this upcoming dallas uh, expo too he was saying that yep. you know looking forward to the panel being there and or he said he's looking forward to the show as if like he was hinting that he might stop by or make an appearance oh, he, he was definitely slated to be there yeah he was going i was actually planning on going to, to uh, get his autograph yeah so um Another little interesting tidbit is that he reprised his role of Chewbacca for appearances on the Donnie and Marie show and the Muppet show. And more recently glee, yeah, which I thought was really cool. That. So, um, I collected, um, a handful of tweets here from people who worked with him. 
uh, this first one says, Peter was larger than life in so many ways. A gentle giant playing a gentle giant. Rest in peace. And that is from uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger. Uh, from Mark Hamill, he said he was the gentlest of giants, a big man with an even bigger heart who never failed to make me smile and a loyal friend who I loved dearly. I'm grateful for the memories we shared and I'm a better man for just having known him. Thanks, Pete. Um, Harrison Ford shared with ABC some words about his dear friend and described how um, they were, quote, partners in film and friends in life for over 30 years and he loved him. Quote, Peter Mayhew was a kind and gentle man, possessed a great dignity and noble character, Ford said. These aspects of his own personality, plus his wit and grace, he brought to Chewbacca. We were partners in film and friends in life for over 30 years, and I loved him. He invested his soul in the character and brought great pleasure to the Star Wars audience. Chewbacca was an important part of the success of the films we made together. He knew how important the fans of the franchise were to its continued success, and he was devoted to them. I and millions of others will never forget Peter and what he gave us all. My thoughts are with his dear wife, Angie, and his children. Rest easy, my dear friend. Billy D. Williams tweeted, Much more than Chewy to me. My heart hurts. I will miss you, my dear friend. Thanks for the great memories. George Lucas learned to, quote, always let Mayhew win, which I thought was really cool, instead of let the Wookiee win. Oh, right. <laughs> um, he said, quote, Peter was a wonderful man. Um, he was the closest uh, any human being could be to a Wookiee. Big heart, gentle nature, and I learned to always let him win. He was a good friend, and I'm saddened by his passing. So um, some other things that I, I was researching and I realized I, did, I didn't know this at all, but the actor had been heavily involved with nonprofit organizations. Right, he's got his own, uh, his own charity. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had launched his own foundation, uh, which they said supported everything from individuals and families in crisis situations to food and supplies for children of Venezuela. I mean, just, just what a great guy. Um. So some things that, that I thought would be fun to be able to um, ask each other about is um, I want to talk about what made Chewy unique for us, you know, as kids growing up and um, watching these movies and seeing like the, the character that he portrayed. What did you think of Peter's performance as Chewbacca? Well, Russ, I thought he brought the human element to, uh, you know, this, this alien furry creature, um, and a galaxy far, far away. You don't know who's going to act like what, or what's going to act like something else. You know, you don't know what's out there, but, uh, you had this character who, uh, was, you know, this, this Bigfoot in a sense yeah, and understood English and spoke its own language, but was highly intelligent. Um, and soft-spoken, but all the, the non-verbal communication, uh, you know, with the way, that, you know, him sitting down there and like, you know, putting his hands behind his head, like, you know, resting his <laughs> yeah. head sort of thing. Um, the way he walked and carried himself or if he would hand somebody something, you know, he, he just brought this human element, but it didn't seem like, oh, that's a human in a suit. Right. It just seemed like this was who you were meant to believe it, what it was supposed to be. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that... Um his body language really, I think, put a stamp on like how a Wookiee is supposed to move. Right. Which is crazy because like he's so tall and lanky and everything else. I mean, I don't know how much of that was him 
performing versus how much that's how he naturally would move. Right. I mean, when you think of like people in a suit, you think of like Barney, for example. Right. You, you think Barney, okay, that dude's burning up in there. He's walking along, you know, this big tail or whatever, fumbling into stuff, little kids. Right. <laughs> but I mean, uh, he really brought that, he, that species yes, to life. Yes, yes. And one of the other things too that I thought was really neat was just um, the amount of expression in his eyes. Because if you think about it, really the only thing that was exposed that was truly him what were his eyes. And it was interesting because even though Chewie didn't speak English, of course, he had his own language. Right. You could tell a lot based off the expressions he would make toward Han Solo or Luke or Leia or Lando, C-3PO, whatever. I mean, like there was a lot that was emoted that even children could pick up on and understand like what his reaction was or what he was thinking or feeling. So, um, I'm trying to remember which star Wars movie it was, but, uh, he was, Chewie's in the cockpit and they were trying to go somewhere. And I think Luke was, <laughs> which one was this was, was trying to tell him to do something and it wouldn't happen. And so Chewie goes like, ah, and now he just like goes nuts, but he's waving his arms around and he like just gets up out of his chair to go fix something in the motor real that, quick. That, that's Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> they told me he fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was actually, um, that was with, with Lando. Oh, Lando. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. Some love stuff like that. That was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just so just oh, done. That terrible. That was a bad impression. I'm sorry, Rose. Oh, that's totally fine, Steve. Uh, so kind of a follow-up question to what I just asked. Like, what does the character of Chewie mean to you personally? Hmm, Russ. Well, you know, I carry him in a locket around my neck, if that's what you mean. No, you don't. <laughs> I carry a picture of him in my wallet. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that, Russ. Um, like, what kind of impact has... Um, his performance as Chewbacca made on your childhood as well as just growing up and, and just, you know, like as kids, I, I was thinking about how maybe, maybe I can answer this first, you know, as a kid, you're, you're, you're grown, you're growing up around these, these larger than life characters on the screen. And Chewie was one of the most beloved characters growing up as a kid. I mean, I think that the way Peter Mayhew performed this character I mean, it's, it's so iconic in pop culture. And I think in terms of just what Chewie represented, because I mean, Chewie in a way is like, Chewie's kind of like the ultimate sidekick, <laughs> but it's, yeah. but, it, but it, but he doesn't have any of the negatives right. that sometimes are associated with a side. I mean, it's, it's literally like if you were to be a sidekick, that is what right. everyone would want to be as a sidekick. But because, I mean, he had unwavering loyalty to Han Solo, which of course made him one of the most beloved characters. Um, he wasn't out for attention either. Like he wasn't wearing like one of these flash bangy costumes like other characters are. He was just a bunch of hair and then he had some like nades like wrapped around him or whatever those were. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he had dependability. Yeah. And he I, had strength and he had, he had lots of strength he, and he had trustworthiness and he was wise. Yes. I mean that all of those different qualities come in, but like you said, they were all underplayed. Right. And like anytime that Chewie was on screen, it's like, I remember as a kid just thinking, okay, I, I feel a little more safe knowing that Chewie's here. 
That's true. You know, I almost kind of had this um, out of body connection being, you know, like the scenes where like Han Solo is kind of having more of a one-on-one moment with Chewie where like, he's just, you know, like, like in Return of the Jedi when he's blind because he'd been thawed from the the carbonite and he meets up with Chewie in the prison cell and he can't see, but he can see him. And so Chewie's just trying to comfort him and stuff. And, um, and I think too, other characters that Chewie would do that with, like, like, you know, he, he was affectionate toward Leia. There was a, a scene in Return of the, or I'm sorry, Empire Strikes Back when um, Luke has, has come by and saying hi to Chewie and give him a little scratch on the jaw. And then all of a sudden he like gives him a big bear hug and right. make that. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I think that that was a, a really neat thing to see because it, it, it evoked a positive response from children because children, I mean, like when you grow up, all you want is like some big, huge, uh, cuddly animal that looking like, out for you, looking out for yeah. you. Absolutely. Well, plus there was that scene with uh, C-3PO and C-3PO is complaining that he's in parts and pieces. And, uh, that was in the same one. That was an, uh, Empire Strikes Empire Back. Star, yeah. And he's putting C-3PO back together as C-3PO is complaining and I'm backwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, good. Was it? And no, 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 now, now I can't see. Yeah. And so with all that complaining, you know, he, Chewie just wanted the team to be together and yeah. knew what he had to do. It didn't have to be told. He just knew what to do and did it. Well, he was loyal. You know, I, I think that that was um, also just, I mean, you, you, when you count up all these different qualities and traits that the, that the character um, had to be, I think that Peter really did just, just an, a, a perfect job of this, this character that I think, Anyone who's seen Star Wars, I mean, I've never heard one person say, oh, I didn't like Chewbacca. Right. And it's a different form of acting, too, because you can act lines all day long Mm -hmm. and uh, have different expression in your face. But when you don't have any lines and but yet you still have to convey a message as another race that has to identify with your race. That's a whole different set of skills. Absolutely. Yeah. The physical acting that's involved with communicating certain emotions or whatever that are very alien. You can tell they're, that they're, they're from a different species, but there's still an air of familiarity in terms of, you know, on a basic level, we as humans are like, Oh yeah. Oh, he, he's pissed. Or, Oh no, <laughs> yeah. he's, be, he, he's feeling lovey. You know, like, like you can just kind of tell that. Um, I mean, really he's, he's just, he's the wingman that everybody wants, you know? Like if you, I mean, and of course it's, it's just, it's shown right in front of us with the whole Han Solo chewy thing with the millennium Falcon. I mean, he is like just the, the cool wingman that, that you want to have. He's your goose to your Maverick, Russ? I would say so. <laughs> yeah. What's also cool too, is how interchangeable the character dynamics are. Like if you think about it, Chewie was a character that you could really put with anybody within star Wars and it just works. So like if it's Chewie and Princess Leia or Chewie and Luke Skywalker or Chewie and Lando, I mean like it, it was neat because each one of them had a different level of bonding or understanding with Chewie. And of course Han's Han is like the one that, that Chewie owes a life debt to and everything else. But, um, which movie do you like Chewie the most in? Hmm. Um, let me see. I probably, probably Empire Strikes Back. 
partially because uh, all the things we're talking about, but there's a scene I think where, yeah, when the, when they're on cloud city and they open the doors, they're gonna have dinner with Lando and Darth Vader's there. And then when, uh, when Chewie sees him, that's like the, one of the first times that, or at least what I can remember it being a kid watching was you hear Chewie roar, uh, for the, at least for the, I think that was the first time when the doors open, you like, you always hear him going like, sort of thing. But when the doors open and he goes, I'm like, yes, there's a roar from Chewie. <laughs> well, uh, and I will say that roar was the, the most fierce. Yeah. Out of, I think any of the movies, I know that he in um, a new hope, you know, when they're on the Death Star and they're acting like they captured Chewie and they're walking through the halls. Yeah. And there's that little like right. RC yeah, yeah, car. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. He, he had a pretty good snarl. He then. did. He did. And I like that because he, he doesn't seem like he's an animal because of all the human characteristics that he has, even yeah. though he doesn't, you know, he speaks a different language. But uh, when that animal comes out, you're like, yes, that's, what, that's partially what I want to see right there. You know? Right. Yeah, no, it, and, and I think in The Force Awakens, of course, um, it's probably safe to say now because it came out a long ago, but when a, a certain person dies, I mean, he does this huge wailing um, roar that's a bit different than The Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, though, was definitely like, I mean, he was on full, like, Papa Bear defense mode. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure it out, though, for myself. Hmm. Which movie do I like Chewie the most in? I gotta say, I'm probably I I'm the same as you. I think I I my favorite is Empire Strikes Back because there was the most amount of personality that uh, <laughs> was exuded from the character, and honestly, it gave Peter tons of opportunity to be able to to flesh the character out a bit more. But um, yeah, I loved how understated the, the character was. It was like this, like it was, it was almost like the personification of like, um, you know, be, well, how does the phrase go? Like be silent, but hold a big stick or what is it? Uh, it's something like that. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. Have a soft voice, but carry a big stick. I can't Maybe. something along those lines, but I, I really do think that Chewie was like, was that right. Right. Well, I think it's more than that though. I mean, with all the bravado that speak uh, softly and carry a big stick, I think is how it goes. Sorry about that. Go ahead. No cameras. Um, I think this goes to a lot to show that you don't need all this bravado. You don't need all this showmanship. You don't need all this glitz and glamour uh, to actually have a good character uh, or or a rememberable or rememberable a memorable. There you go, character. <laughs> brain. Um, <laughs> Work with me here. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking, <laughs> so <laughs> you got to feed me words. Anyhow, uh, so. And, and humbleness goes a long way too. Yeah. And all of this, all this stuff personifies Chewbacca. And so he doesn't have to go way above the level to be remembered. Mm -hmm. He just has to be himself and all these other good characteristics come to light. And that's why we remember him. And that's why we want to, to see him on screen. We do not want to see a Star Wars movie without Chewbacca. If Chewbacca is not in the Star Wars movie, then there is definitely something missing. Yeah, and, and specifically, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. Right. What's interesting is when I think of the prequels, um, I think it was like in episode three, they um, would go to the Wookiee planet and you saw lots of different Wookiees that were there and they were, of course, um, 
different people who were in the, the costumes and you could tell like yeah, you, the yeah. body uh, performance was off. It, yeah. it did not, they did not come across as Wookiees. They came across as people in costume. Right. So, I mean, it cannot be overstated enough that you have to, it, it is so paramount with a character like that to make sure that you pay attention to what has been established for the, the more of the physical performance. I don't even think he was he, in solo, I don't think he was in solo. I don't think so. Well, maybe. Um, let me think about this. I, I, you know, I have it. I actually have it. Uh, Do you have it queued up there? I have it queued up. I'm looking at it. No, he was not. That's what I thought. Because I noticed something when I saw that. I'm like, eh, something's a little bit off about you. We can't put my finger on it. Yeah, there's another actor, a younger actor who is really tall and actually does, um, I, in my opinion, I think he does a good job of, of emoting um, just what Peter Mayhew had done for the previous films. And apparently Peter Mayhew had come on to one of the films, it may have been Last Jedi, um, as a consultant for this next generation Chewbacca player. And if you look at him online, I mean, he has nothing but respect for the role. Like this guy you can tell is obsessed over trying to make sure he does Chewbacca right. And he just studies Peter Mayhew over and over and over again. And you can tell, like, I mean, with, with the last Jedi, for instance, um, like there are times where like, I, I'm just, it, it, uh, it definitely feels like Chewy. Like, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent. And I don't honestly think it will ever be 100%, but I can say it's, it's encouraging to see someone like, this gentleman over the, 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 the different folks like the extras and stuff that we saw in the prequels. And, and also going off of what you were talking about, I think there's like a unique quality about the cast George Lucas put together for star Wars in that they're all carefree, happy, go lucky, good natured. If you notice, there are these traits that, that are common throughout this group of people that he handpicked for these different roles. And I think that played really nicely in terms of like their on-screen chemistry as well as their off-screen. I mean, like there are all kinds of, of fun behind the scenes pictures where you can tell they really do enjoy each other's company. They become oh, lifelong yeah. friends. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. But furthermore, like what you were talking about, I think that Peter Mayhew actually embodied a lot of these same types of qualities in his personal life that he just got to enhance and embellish more for the role itself. Wouldn't you agree? I would. I uh, was trying to remember something. He, you know, he wrote a couple books. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote a couple books. Uh, I was looking up earlier. I'm going to have to put these on my, my Kindle. <laughs> uh, he wrote uh, My Favorite Giant, and he wrote Growing Up Giant. Uh, Are these kids' stories? or I doesn't look like they're kids' stories to me, but they were, they were relatively recent. One was out in 2010. One was out in 2011. Okay. So I might have to uh, pick both of those up and uh, pay my respects. I was also looking and, and um, I saw that a private memorial will take place on June 29th and there will be a gathering for fans at Empire Con LA in December. And that um, also uh, Mayhew is survived by his wife, Angie, and three children. So um, it goes without saying our hearts uh, go out to um, his family and just our, our sincere condolences. I wonder if the uh, Dallas Expo is going to have some sort of memorial at least some something there where he would have been. That's a good question. I know 
on social media, they have posted their condolences um, on there. I don't know if they're going to have anything at the, I don't know. I have no idea. It'll be interesting to see. But um, one thing is, is definitely for sure. I mean, like he is so admired and, and loved and respected. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it's just crazy to see how you, you have these, these different folks who are part of the star Wars family, such as Kenny Baker, who played R2D2, Carrie Fisher, of course, who's passed away and now Peter Mayhew. And it's just, it's, it's a part of life. Um, and I think what's crazy in terms of, of like when you and I were kids is we were raised around these larger than life characters and have made it such a, a part of our daily lives. It's like to a child, it's like you don't think of, of actors aging. You think that they're just immortal and they'll, they'll just stay young and healthy and youthful and just like how you remember them. And, and um, it is one of the, the sad things about, about life, but also it's also one of the sweet things about life too, is just as people age and they gain more life experiences, you know, you learn to just really um, take the time to be able to tell people how much you appreciate their work or um, how much you care about them, that sort of thing. You know, don't let that go by the wayside. You definitely want to take every opportunity possible. Don't, don't squander your opportunities because you never know um, just not, what the future holds. When you're not going to have that opportunity anymore. Exactly. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next week.